Lisa Merrill lived in Homer, Alaska between 2013 and 2018, and in that time she observed numerous bizarre creatures. The house she lived in, on a small street, was surrounded by tall trees, most of which have since died or were chopped down. One night, she was in her room, hanging out with her boyfriend. She had noticed strange movement and asked to use his binoculars. I'm assuming she had noticed something previously and requested he bring them over. When she looked through the binoculars towards the trees, she spotted something strange, a little man hopping from tree to tree. It seemed to be dancing about in the trees. She noted that it did not seem to be worried about gravity, falling, anything, it was just hopping around. A month later, she started noticing more of these creatures. Eventually, it got to be hundreds. She feared she might be losing her mind since nobody else was seeing it. Her boyfriend did not initially believe her until, one night, he saw them himself. She further noticed that the trees that they would hop around in would slowly start to die. She began to suspect that the creatures climbing on them were somehow causing them to die. When she returned to the location in 2021 with the crew of the Discovery Channel, while shooting the TV show Aliens in Alaska, she was shocked to see the patch of forest near her home was dead. The trees were rotten and black. I don't know who they are, but I don't think they are from here. I think they are aliens, she told the producers of the show. In 2018, partially because of the strange incidents around their home, she and her family decided to move to Kodiak. She has not seen them since. As an artist, Lisa drew the creatures as she remembered them. Curiously, they look very similar to crawlers. My best friend and I saw a crawler at my parents' house. First of all, growing up, I've dealt with paranormal things like shadow people, things moving without anyone touching them, etc. And I swear this is a legit story. A year ago in May 2020, my parents were going on their annual trip to Florida with my three brothers for the week. My mother asked me if I could go by their house and feed the family dogs or stay in house sit. Being the daughter I am, I told my mother I would just stay at their house to save on gas. Throughout the week at night, I would bring the two dogs inside to feel safer since my parents live on a somewhat back road. Keep in mind that my parents' house is surrounded by trees and there is a thick tree line separating their house from the two neighbors. Well, one night while I was at the house alone, I called my best friend, Bailey, to come over and stay the night. We were going to do what two twenty-something females do when alone. Play video games, watch movies, play tic-tics, and drink a little. While Bailey and I were in the kitchen around 3 or 4 a.m., making homemade funnel cakes like the fat asses we are, the dogs kept moving around and staring at the glass kitchen door that led off to the back porch. I asked Bailey to let them out there so they could chill and we would have enough leg room while we were cooking. While we were eating our funnel cakes, we came across a TikTok about making homemade temporary tattoos with a printed picture and perfume. Now keep in mind that my parents have about 3.82 acres of land, so there is the family house, my father's two-door garage workshop, and a large pole barn. Those two buildings are farther out, near the tree line. So Bailey and I walked down to the workshop to go into my parents' work office. I punch in the code to the garage door and we go inside straight to the computer and print out for each other a picture of Kylo Ren to try and make into temporary tattoos for each other. Before I go any further, a little side note, my parents have security cameras all around their property. And inside the office, there is a television above the desk showing all of the live footage from the cameras. So while I was cutting out the tattoo for Bailey, she said, what is that? I stopped cutting and look up at the cameras. At first I didn't see anything except for a small figure in front of the pole barn. It looked like it was sniffing at the garage door. 
I shrugged it off and told her it was probably one of the many stray dogs that roamed around the area. Bailey nudged my arm quickly after I said that and pointed to the screen again. Wanting to prove to her it was just a stray dog, I stood up and looked closer to the screen. When I did, I saw the figure, but it didn't look like one of the small dogs. The creature was hunched over on all fours. Its arms were super thin and long but pointing outwards from its chest. Kinda like how you'd imagine that girl from the exorcism to be when she crawled on all fours. It had no fur, its skin looked tight on its body. And when I tell you my inner white voiv went to open the door to look at it, Bailey stopped me right when I grabbed the lock on the door. Looking back at the screen at the creature, it looked like it scratched at the door of the pole barn. I immediately said, what the F is that? And the creature turned its head straight at the camera. I liked it. This was a scene from the office. When its head turned, I couldn't make out clear facial features, but it looked like it had a human head with two big glowing eyes. Bailey and I screamed, and it bolted, and I mean, bolted off screen. Clearly freaked out, Bailey and I hugged each other like that would protect us. Then something smashed against the garage door not once, but twice. Like, you know what it sounds like for someone to smack a garage door from the outside with their hand? Yeah, just like that. I called my grandmother and told her we thought we saw something and to stay on the phone with us until we ran into the house. Once we got into the house, we brought the dogs in, locked every single door, and took shots of Crown until we fell asleep. Now we talked about this a few times, and I think it was a Wendigo, but Bailey thinks it was a skinwalker. But now people on Reddit are saying it was probably a crawler. Thoughts anyone? Anyway, a few months back, I was leaving my parents' house around 11.30pm on a Friday night. When I approached my car that I parked in front of their garage this time, when I went to grab my keys from my little backpack, I had a strange urge to look up at the tree line that surrounded my parents' property. I kind of just figured it was my anxiety acting up because I'm not a fan of the dark, but I looked up to ease my mind that all I was going to see were trees. I was very mistaken. When I looked up, I saw something at the tree line squatting down. Its skin looked gray, its body and limbs were skinny with no eyes, but it seemed like it had dark eyes. It tilted its head to the side as if it was just staring at me. It was crouched down, kinda like how Spider-Man sits on the edge of a building or a lamp post. My heart literally felt like it fell out of my ass. I just immediately unlocked my car while saying, nope, nope, not again. I got inside my car and locked the doors, called my boyfriend, who didn't answer, then called my friend Leah, who answered and asked why I was laughing hysterically. So I literally sped out of there while on the phone with her. My brothers have told me they've seen something at the tree line before and even at the end of the driveway near the mailbox. I'll post those later. My parents have new cameras for the shop at the end of the property. So when I get back over there I'm going to go through the footage and see if I see it on there. Also, my parents live on an Indian burial ground, so that's, so helpful in this situation. I worked cleaning newly constructed homes as a side job when I was a teen. This one night, we were all cleaning, and I heard from the other end of the house, my boss singing Jesus loves me very loudly. I thought it was weird, but I decided to ignore it and keep wiping the baseboards. I was on my knees wet dusting, and then something caught my eye out of the window. It was this creature, at least eight feet tall, with white skin, human-like, hairless, incredibly thin, long limbs, walking past the window. Immediately after there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. After, my boss called us into the living room where she prayed over us for protection. No one else knew what was going on. She wouldn't tell us. But I shot her a look that told her I saw what she saw. She decided that we would be done early and she escorted each worker to their cars. We were all teens, and when she was walking me out, I told her what I saw, and she told me that she saw it watching us from a cornfield when she was cleaning a window, and that was when she started singing. She told me that I needed to pray for protection, to never speak of what I saw, and to contact a priest if I saw it again. Was this a crawler? Back in 2015, I was having a sleepover with my best friend. He had two dogs and that day he forgot to walk them, so we walked them at around 9.15 p.m. in autumn. We arrived at a big park next to a dirt road, commonly used. My friend's smaller dog started barking randomly, and it either jumped out of or ran from a pine tree. It moved like a cat, but it was the size of a husky, bald, and its arms looked like it was mid-push-up. As it was running, it jumped up a four-foot fence and left. We were nine at the time, and we thought it was a stray cat. It was his and my first encounter. He apparently saw another one at the tree patch on his cul-de-sac. Ten or so years ago, I was driving with my brother in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It was late at night and we were going to grab some food. We were the only car on this road, which wasn't abnormal due to the time of night. The right side of the road was wooded with trees, and on the left was a fence that ran parallel to the road. A giant wolf-like creature ran full speed in front of the car. It came from the right wooded area and was making its way towards the fence. This thing was at least 12 feet tall at a minimum. It was hunched over, running insanely fast on its back legs. The legs were bent backwards and extremely muscular. The only way I could describe it was that they were bent backwards in the way that demon legs are depicted. The legs were furless except for near the bottom where there were patches of fur. It was wearing a brown hooded cloak that was tattered along the bottom edges. The hood covered its head and midsection, leaving the legs fully exposed. Some sort of elongated snout was emerging from the front of the hood. It was square like a wolf's and had fur. The thing never turned to look at us. It was running towards the fence when it jumped and cleared it. I have never seen anything jump so high. I spent the next couple of moments trying to process what I saw. I thought there was some kind of logical explanation, until my brother said, did you see that? And described in detail exactly what I had seen. The only thing that differed was that he saw what he described as long claws emerging from the front of the cloak. Seeing this thing terrified me. Ten years later, I am still terrified. Any ideas of what it was? The cloak and the backward legs were something I really focused on. The cloak was made of cloth, and I am certain it wasn't fur or anything else. My husband seems to think what I described is a Wendigo, which I am not sure the description matches at all. It didn't have antlers, and from what I looked at, those things live way up north. He did mention that there were Algonquian-speaking people, 
Chesapeake tribe, living in Virginia Beach many, many years ago. This happened a few weeks ago in mid-October. I went to Waterfall Park, map here for those lucky enough to live somewhere else, with some friends of mine. My friend, S, and I went and hung out at the dock slash pond area because I like watching the geese. Three of them went to the playground area, and the other two, I'll call them J and C, went walking into the woods. S and I were there for about 20 minutes just talking before we both noticed that the geese, and pretty much everything else, had gone completely silent. It was like there wasn't any noise at all and the geese had all either swum to the other side of the pond or flown away. We got creeped out and went back to the playground with our other friends. We hadn't been there for 30 seconds. When J and C come out of the woods, Jay said that she had heard our friend N's voice in the woods. It's important to point out that N is about 7,000 miles away in Kuwait at this point, and he has a speech impediment which makes it kind of hard to imitate him. We decided to leave, and as we're loading into the car, I hear my ex's voice far off in the direction of the woods. I don't know what it said. I don't care to know what it said. My ex passed away a year ago, so whatever it was, it wasn't him. As we're driving off, we all see something in the woods following the car out. So I guess my question is, was there something in the woods, or was it just a weird night and an overactive imagination? Anything that could maybe help us figure out what the hell went on would be awesome. One night when I was seven or eight, I saw something that I now recognize as evil and not normal. I grew up in a town on the Navajo reservation. We lived in a neighborhood, and our neighbors were from different places within the region. This detail is important because Navajos like to live far from one another and only in the immediate vicinity of their relatives. For good reason, they do not like to live near strangers. So this particular night, I was told to sleep in my older brother's room. His room had a bed, a box spring and mattress directly on the floor, and a dresser with a TV in the middle of the room. For curtains, he had linen, the see-through stuff that hides nothing, always fully closed. He didn't have any posters, pictures, or anything in his room. For some reason, I could not sleep. I tossed and turned and shut my eyes tightly until I saw neon rings outlining the darkness of my closed eye vision. I tried counting imaginary sheep, but still I could not sleep. I do not know what time it was when the dogs started barking and rumbling. I sat up in bed and looked out the window. Moonlight lit our backyard, and I did not see anything. I merely listened to the dogs who were out of sight. Then. From the house to my left, I heard something run off from the rumbling with loud footsteps and dogs in pursuit. Within a split second, the footsteps approached my backyard and into my view. I saw something white run by the window, followed by dogs. It looked like a hyena with an elongated neck and a galloping gait. I also noticed that the neck stood more upright, the same angle that a giraffe's neck sticks up. At the time, I did not know enough to fear what I saw. I did not tell anybody until decades later. As an adult, I told my parents about what I saw that night, and they told me that back then, we lived next door to a witch, a skinwalker. I had seen her leaving her home in animal form that night. I recall that the neighbor died within one or two years of my seeing the hyena. I'll start with the context. I was out coyote hunting on December 29, 2019 in northern Utah around the Golden Spike area. I've been to this property multiple times. It's about 20 miles away from any town and 5 miles away from the nearest house or building site in its own little valley. I arrived an hour before sunrise to get set up. Pretty normal trip. 
I had called a few in within 100 yards when they decided to leave. It was almost noon, so I decided to pack up and head home. I was parked about a mile away, so I had a little walk. As soon as I turned my back to the mountain, I started hearing this sound. I kept hiking, dismissing it at first, but it seemed to follow me after about a half mile. It was still just as loud as when it started. I thought maybe someone lost their dog or an animal was hurt, but when I investigated, I couldn't find anything and the sound stopped. I started heading towards my truck again and it started up again, which is when I tried recording it. I had an uneasy feeling the whole time, which is strange because this is a very relaxing and peaceful activity for me. It didn't seem to have a pattern. It was random for about an hour and when I crossed the hill into the next area, I didn't hear it again or since then. Every logical explanation I've thought of seems impossible considering the location. It almost sounds like a flute or howl of some kind, but not anything I've heard before. I have a close trusted friend whose family is of Native American and Canadian descent, I think he said he was Che? I can't really remember and it's too late at night to ask, his grandparents are full-blooded Native Americans and have passed down stories of skinwalkers and not deer. Not deer are deer that are just not quite right, like you'll notice the pupil is square or they'll be a little too tall or a little too humanoid. My friend is not scared of anything other than these legends. He shares frequent experiences of skinwalkers and not deer throughout his life, but here is the most recent one he has told me. He calls me and our group of friends from out at his grandmother's house in the middle of nowhere, Midwestern USA. He sounds extremely panicked, saying he tried to call us all multiple times but it wouldn't go through till now. I was driving down the dirt road by grandma's and I saw a deer in the road, right? I thought it was dead, but it wasn't. It was looking at me. Not in the deer in headlights kind of way either. It was just like, looking at me like it didn't care. Did you check on it? Maybe it was hurt? No. I don't mess with stuff like that, I just go around it. But here's the bad part, oh my god. I'm going to cry because I'm so scared. It'll be okay, dude. What happened? We'll stay on the phone with you. There were more of them. There were probably 30 deer, all laying down like they were dead, farther down the road. But they were all alive. I didn't see any gunshot marks or any reason why they'd be doing that. They didn't move or react to my car, even honking. Some popped their heads up and just looked at me but didn't move. I don't know, guys, I don't like this. And I couldn't get a signal, and it was so dark. At this point, none of us really had explanations. We were just like, that's really weird, and stayed on the phone with him till he got back to the city we all lived in. He didn't end up continuing down the path, but pulling around and going another direction. Listen, I'm going to tell you a story. About seven years ago, my husband and I adopted a beautiful black lab slash pit mix. She was so sweet. When a guest was leaving, she would gently take your hand in her mouth and walk you to the door. We didn't teach her that. One day, we took her out for a walk. She was bitten in the face by an eastern diamondback rattlesnake. We killed it as it was right at our front door and, sorry, but it bit my dog. We rushed her to the vet. He asked us what kind of snake it was. We told him. We explained that it didn't really have a rattle, so there was never the telltale sign of stay away. Florida has a large wild hog population. They love to eat rattlesnakes. They find them when they rattle so the ones that survive and reproduce don't really have a rattle. Evolution is right in front of you, per se, so when we told him it hardly had a rattle, he questioned us. Did we have the snake? Yes. Not with us, though. So, 
Are you certain it was a diamondback? Um, yes. I know what the F they look like. He made my husband go back home and get it. He tossed it on the table. The vet opened it and looked at it and said, I'll be damned, it is an eastern diamond back. Please assist my dog exclamation mark she died because that vet didn't believe me when I told him I saw what I saw. Please, when someone says they saw something that wasn't a deer, give them the benefit of the doubt. It may not be a supernatural thing. But it wasn't a deer. I'm a cat mom. I love cats. I have three indoor cats, and a few stray dogs have taken up residency in our yard. They guard this yard with their lives, come hell or high water. My boy cat that's typically back and forth outside, Orion, went outside yesterday morning and has just been chilling with this female cat, Sheba, she's an outside cat. So, I was cooking earlier and had a small piece of steak left over. I usually mince it to give it to Artemis, Persephone, and Orion. Orion hadn't come inside. Mom's in the living room watching TV, so I go outside to call for him to come and I don't see him. I'll assume he's somewhere chilling and I'll go back inside. I wait a few hours, and then I go back outside to see if he's out there, but he's not. Since my neighbors are outside, I decided to head on out to see if Orion is underneath this van we have in the yard. I don't get the chance to, because as I'm calling his name, I hear something that sounds like a wounded cat. I immediately think it's Orion, and I start calling his name, and the cat keeps responding. But the meow wasn't like a normal meow. I could tell something was off. My mom came out to check on me and it just completely stopped. Me and her both call for Orion, but the cat isn't responding anymore. It's almost like it's watching and observing. Sent chills down my spine, honestly. I wasn't scared or sensed any malicious intent, but I could tell something was watching both of us. I took this time to go check for Orion under the van, and he's there. He hasn't moved since earlier that day when he was under there staring at this area of trees around our house. I call his name, his ear folds back a little bit and he adjusts around but is still staring at this woodland area. Sheba and Tony, two of the strays that have taken up outside, are laying out in the yard. I shake a small bag of cat food to lure Orion out so I can bring him inside. He still doesn't budge, just stares at the trees. I decide to head back in at this time and get this sense that I'm definitely being watched now. Sheba, Tony, and Orion are now all underneath the van, staring at the trees. This is weird to me. I don't know what the F is going on, but I do not want to see this thing up close and personal, and I'd like it to F all the way off. I heard tapping at my bedroom window and heavy wheezing. We're the only occupied house on this stretch of road, aside from the people that live up the road from us. Our neighbors are currently renovating their home, so they haven't been residing there physically for months. I am currently sleeping with an axe near my bed. Mom is refusing to sleep in her bedroom now and is sleeping on the living room couch. My younger brother, who has autism, said he heard something knocking on his window while he was trying to sleep as well. I managed to bring Orion in early this morning because he was waiting at the screen porch with his eyes wide, ears folded back, and meowing as if he was scared. He kept looking over across the road at the wooded area before he ran inside. We also have some labs. They were all barking at something for about an hour. This is some weird thing going on. I've dealt with paranormal stuff before, but never something like this. If anybody has suggestions on how to protect ourselves against whatever the F this is, I'd appreciate it. This only happens at night, too, never during the day. Edit 2, we're officially moving out of our house into a new one. I don't know what the F is going on, but everyone in the house has been hearing voices. 
There's scratching coming from our storage room in the house late at night. A humanoid creature in Lower Alabama I've recently tried to discuss this story with my boyfriend, but I don't feel any relief about what happened to me in high school. He tries to explain it away as a group hallucination or someone pulling a prank on my friends and I, but I know deep down what happened was unfortunately real, and it still gives me great anxiety when I think of it. The story takes place in Lower Alabama when I was in high school, almost eight years ago, but I still remember every detail like it happened moments ago. Three friends and I were making the trip to our other friend's house, way out in the boondocks, probably 30 minutes outside of any nearby city or town. There's only one road that takes you to his house, and it's just a long strip of old concrete that's in dire need of repair, but considering only a handful of people live out there, why would the state waste their time and money? On both sides of the road, it's just dense forest that creeps to the edge of the road sometimes, hardly anywhere to pull off, and there are absolutely no street lights. We were in my friend's brand new red Mustang that he got for his birthday, and he was proud to drive us all around wherever we wanted to go. It was him, we'll call him Jamie, driving, my friend, we'll call him Dave, in the passenger seat, and myself and my other friend. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We'll call her Mary, crammed in the back seat among his giant sound system. No seat belts, just half standing half sitting in the floorboards. It was very uncomfortable and the rattling of the music shook my entire body, but I was just happy one of us had a vehicle to take us to our buddy's house. We turned onto the long strip of road that would take us there, and I was very disappointed that there was another car not too far ahead of us, which meant Jamie couldn't show off how fast his new car could go. 
Although there are no crazy turns or curves in the road, it's a solid white line the whole way because of the endless hills, making it impossible to pass anyone. We accepted that we'd have to go the speed limit and Jamie finally turned the music down so he could talk bad about the tiny red Toyota that we'd be staring at the back of for about half an hour. It was about 9 p.m. and there was no moon visible through the dense clouds, so it was pitch black besides our headlights and the car in front of us with its own lights, which were their brights because I'm sure they were aware of the tons of deer that live out there. No other vehicles came from the other direction and no one was behind us. We drove for only about 10 minutes, cutting up and hardly paying attention to the road since we knew where we were going. Suddenly, the car in front of us slams on the brakes, skidding their tires in the middle of the road. We weren't following too closely, so we didn't have to do the same, but we came to a slow stop, maybe 15 feet behind them. There was a brief pause before we heard a woman's blood-curdling scream coming from the Toyota. We had the windows down because some of us had been smoking cigarettes, and that's when we saw it. We had stopped on a declining hill so we could see in front of the Toyota, and what we saw, I'll never be able to forget. It was some kind of humanoid-looking creature, standing on all fours, but the arch of its back was taller than the little Toyota. The only thing that made it humanoid was its hairless skin, but it was very pale, almost gray, very wrinkly, and its limbs were impossibly long, its forearm was longer than any human's entire arm. The legs, fingers, arms, neck, everything looked like stretched taffy and we could see all of its bones through its skin, especially the backbones that were almost spike-like because they jutted out so much. It wasn't facing us, it just stopped mid-stride in the middle of the road, facing the right side of the forest. It had backward-facing knees like a bird's legs, no tail, but still had the posture of some kind of animal. I hope to God it was an animal, but there's no animal in Al that would be taller than a car on all fours, and like I said, it had human-like skin, hands, and feet, and its head was like a human skull. No one in our car said a word, and Jamie instinctively hit the lock button for the doors, though our windows were still down, and the woman in the Toyota was still screaming bloody murder. For a moment, I remember telling myself it was just some kind of messed up prank slash weird art sculpture or something, because it wasn't moving at all. But then those thoughts quickly dissipated when the thing cocked its head in our direction. Its face was just as terrible as the rest of its body, pale and wrinkly, with just an indention for a nose, tiny black holes for eyes, no ears, and an impossibly large red-stained mouth that formed into a wicked smile, showing its multiple rows of pointed teeth. The woman's scream grew terribly louder at that moment, and the thing seemed to finally be almost startled by it, turning its head back towards the forest taking only about two giant, fluid, animal-like steps, and disappearing into the woods on our right without any sound. As soon as it was out of sight, Jamie slowly crept the Mustang forward, around the still-stopped Toyota, and we saw a man and woman frantically arguing and crying in the front seats. When we got in front of them, the man puts the Toyota in reverse, goes a bit off-road to turn around, and floors it in the direction we came from. Apparently, where they were headed wasn't important enough. I almost thought we should do the same, but I couldn't get myself to make a sound, let alone a word or sentence. Jamie went only about five miles over the speed limit as he rolled the windows up and no one said a word for the rest of the 20-minute drive. When we finally got to our friend's house, he was waiting outside for us, waving as we pulled into the little dirt driveway. All four of us scrambled out, pushing past him to get inside the house. I remember him saying something like, whoa, it looks like you guys saw a ghost or something. Dave turns to him with the most serious face and says, or something, yay. We got inside, and part of me was still thinking it was some sort of hallucination, even though we hadn't drank or smoked that day at all. So being the artist of the group, 
I asked our friend for paper and pencils. Without question, he retrieved them, and while sitting in his living room, I suggested that we all try to draw exactly what we saw before we tried to discuss anything. Sure enough, each of us drew the exact same creature and showed it to our friend before explaining the full story. He was horrified and took the drawings out back to his small fire pit and lit them ablaze. None of us protested because we never wanted a visual of that thing again. He asked us questions like, had we been drugged? Or were we pulling a fast one on him? But he knew we weren't lying because there were two other people who saw the same thing and most of us were in tears. He led us back inside, locked his doors and windows, and put on a movie to distract us, but we kept bringing it up, trying to make any sense out of it, and got hardly any sleep at all. Jamie took us all home the next day, and we saw the Toyota's black skid marks in the road where it happened, confirming it wasn't all an elaborate shared dream. And before we dropped off Mary, she told us she didn't want to hang out with us anymore, simply because being around us would remind her of it. We sort of just nodded, and I honestly haven't spoken to her since. I rarely speak to the other two friends anymore, for other reasons, but a few times I've tried to bring it up to them, and they refuse to want to talk about it. I know they know it happened, but it's just too painful for them to discuss, which is understandable. I hate talking about it to this day and have only told two of my closest friends and my now boyfriend who's very opposed to any supernatural things, so you can understand why I didn't get any relief by talking to him about it. I never really believed in those sorts of things either before that incident, but it's definitely changed my perspective a bit. Please let me know if any of you have seen something similar. I've tried researching it and people keep saying it's a skinwalker, a rake, or a wendigo, but the descriptions never fully match up. I guess I'd just like to put a name to whatever the terrible thing that prowls the lower Alabama woods was. So there have been things happening in my backyard for years now. So for as long as my dad has rented the home I currently reside in with him, I've always heard things and seen things in my backyard. At least six years ago, my dad began renting the place, and to be fair, it is a modest-sized home with a decent backyard space. My room faces the backyard's large part, namely the width and length. The other rooms in the house only face the sides where the gate is and where there's just an empty space big enough for a car. Since my room is the only room that faces a majority of the backyard, I'm the only one who's seen the things, along with my two brothers who shared this room with me. So to sum up a list of things that have occurred in my backyard, I've heard cooing noises that didn't sound like an animal, I've heard scratches on my windows, my windows are less than 5 feet tall, so no animals are not an explanation and people aren't even capable of doing it without making noise due to the stuff my dad has put under them, I've tried it with my brothers, and I've seen shadow figures and what I call skinwalkers because they limp around like something that's never had a body. I listed the flare as sounds because there are sounds on the roof too that mimic kind of the sounds that someone would make while standing and walking around, I don't have an attic tall enough to stand in. There have also been cases where my dog that I recently got will start fighting with something outside. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM and whatever it is will growl back. I'm posting this on here in the hopes that someone can help debunk at least the sounds because my brothers have seen the things in my backyard. Here's to hoping.
I used to work the graveyard shift and the smoking area was out back in a kind of alley sort of. It was very dark there, and to my left, across the small parking lot, was a big forest. I would be out on my brakes alone, having a smoke or just getting some fresh air. I would only hear it maybe two or three nights out of the five nights a week I worked. But when I first started working there, at night I would hear what sounded like a young girl screaming bloody murder in the forest. Obviously, this freaked me the hell out. I had never heard anything like that in a big pitch black forest around 2 AM. It scared me enough that when I went out for a smoke, I would try to be silent with the door slash hide the ember of my smoke in my hand slash not take out my phone. Whatever is in the forest will see me alone over here in a dark alley. I was like 18 or 19 at the time. So fast forward a few months and I've made good friends with this older guy who's 64. He's just working his last few months till he can retire. One night, I went out for my usual smoke and he came out with me to chat. The screaming from the forest begins about 5 minutes into our conversation. Up to this point, I never brought it up or said anything to anyone. I didn't really care, it was just a weird thing that I heard some nights at work. Who would really care? So I asked him do you hear that? I've been hearing that randomly for months when I come out here. Or something 18 or 19 year old me would say, and he said oh it's just the foxes or coyotes in the forest, I never thought of that. When I got home that morning, I YouTubed some sounds of foxes and that. And it sounds almost identical to a young girl screaming. Anyways, fox talk is scary if you don't know what it is. In Skelly, Oklahoma, a man is howling. A few months ago, my roommates and I were out taking a drive trying to find fun places to visit. I'll call them S and J for privacy's sake. S was driving and told us about a playground in Skelly that she used to go to with a friend, so we decided to go check it out. The playground wasn't very special, but it was interesting because it was half old playground equipment that you could tell had seen years of use and half newer equipment. While we were enjoying our time there, I started hearing whispers from the newer side of the playground, which didn't freak me out because I've heard them since I was a child. But I called out to Jay, and she and I walked over there. By the time S joined us, the whispers had stopped and we were about to head to the car when, out of nowhere, a truck came speeding down the road, seemingly from nowhere, and stopped at a crossroads about a half a football field away from the playground. Naturally, when it stopped, we all froze in the shadows of the trees trying not to be seen because it was near dawn and we didn't want to be caught by some random local in case the park had closing hours or what not. But before we knew what was happening, the driver got out of his truck and stood facing the crossroads and let out this sound that I can only describe as a howl of some sort. It was deep and guttural, almost inhuman sounding. It started out low and then rose in pitch. The sound only lasted 5 to 6 seconds at most before he went silent and then made it again. What really caught our attention is that we were out in a small country town, so at night there's a lot of bird and insect noise, but when the driver started howling at the crossroads, everything went absolutely quiet. After it started its third howl, we ran to the car and drove away. We didn't know what we had witnessed, but it definitely felt like something that we weren't supposed to be present for. S and I drove the 45 minutes home and dropped off Jay at the house, only to decide we wanted to go back now that the sun was up. But when we arrived back in Skelly, we were in for a surprise. First off, there is not a crossroads anywhere close to the playground. There was only a curve in the road but we could all remember distinctly that there wasn't a four-way crossroads under the street light. Also, it wasn't half a football field away from where we were, it was maybe 20 feet away. I know things look different in the dark, but it seems like those two things shouldn't be that different at night. We don't know what we saw and witnessed, 
but we haven't been back to Skelly, Oklahoma since then either. I'm not too sure where to cross post this, but I felt like this is probably the best subreddit for my stories. I am not 100% sure that what we witnessed were mimics, but it definitely felt like something else pretending to be human. I know we have had other strange encounters, but these two specifically stand out in my mind and have both happened within the past month. My boyfriend and I are travelers and live in our van. I am from upstate New York and he is from Manhattan. I have been living like this for over five years now and have seen a lot. One of the best parts about this lifestyle is the people you get to meet from all walks of life all over the world. Needless to say, we have a lot of exposure to different people and we aren't easily scared by strange behavior or differences. We frequently camp in national forests, but we also spend many nights in Walmart parking lots, Home Depot parking lots, and anywhere there is overnight street parking. The latter has brought us to some sketchy areas where other homeless people camp in bum camps and whatnot, and obviously hardcore drug use in some of these areas is a real thing. With that being said, a few weeks ago we were kicking it in Denver and went downtown to the Rhino district off of Larimar. I believe they were looking at the murals and street art and taking pictures and generally just chilling. It was almost midnight, and we ended up in an alley behind an old Catholic church when we saw the feet and blankets of someone sleeping in a doorway. As for another person on the street, even though I don't live the exact same lifestyle as people who have to sleep in public like that, I still empathize as much as possible and try to give them respect and privacy. I don't grill them while they are laying there because I can imagine how uncomfortable and demeaning that would be to wake up to. So as we begin to pass this person, I keep it in the forefront of my mind not to stare and I prepare myself that they might be asleep or they might be awake and looking at us and not to get startled. This person was lying in a three-foot indent in front of an old factory entrance behind this Catholic church. No matter how prepared I tried to get myself and no matter how much exposure I had to other people on the street, I could not help but get a surge of adrenaline and fear when we passed by this lady. As we got closer, I glanced over and she was sitting up, slouched in the corner, looking right at us. To me, she looked like she could have been Native American or Hispanic. Her skin was a mix of brown and gray, and she had long, tangled black hair. But what I remember most are her eyes. They were huge and bugged out and seemed like they were being painfully strained, and you could see her lips pull back to show her teeth effortlessly. She had a blank expression on her face the whole time we walked by. I feel like this is a good place to mention that after spending time on the west coast, you get crazy accustomed to tweakers and general meth antics. You can usually always tell when someone has lost themselves to meth, and it is a special kind of crazy, but crazy all the same. You can feel it when someone has lost themselves to this drug. And the decay and neglect of their bodies is very apparent. With that being said, this woman did not give off druggy vibes. She didn't look ill and frail because of drug use, and she didn't seem to be fueled by drugs. She genuinely looked sick as in, terminally ill sick. The most messed up part of this is what she said to us as we walked by, though. I had my little husky clipped to me in between us, and the lady was sitting on the ground to my right, and as we passed by and I noticed she was making eye contact, I gave her a soft, gentle smile and looked down. I don't know what Shane did to her as far as facial expressions and acknowledgement go, but as we started to pass her, she said, in a soft, serious voice with no infliction at all, what is it called when you don't believe in God anymore? And Shane quickly responded, I think that's agnostic. And we just kept walking. As soon as we got out of earshot, I was like, Shane, WTF, why did that scare me so much? And he was like, you're okay, it was just a homeless person. It's no big deal. 
I had a feeling she was going to scare you, but it is okay. And we kept walking down the alley. At this point, I let Bobby, my husky, off her clip so she could walk on her own, and she just followed behind us quietly. She never barked throughout the whole ordeal or acted scared at all. And she is losing her eyesight a bit, but I have seen it heighten her other senses and she knows when things are messed or if someone wants to hurt us and will bark and go into defense mode. She went through this whole encounter with nothing. We leave the alley and are in front of these old apartment buildings that remind us of something you'd see in New York or even New Orleans. They are totally project looking, almost shotgun houses, and completely out of place for gentrified-ass Denver. We saw them as we drove by before this happened and instantly felt drawn to them because they were so out of place. There was a kid's jungle gym type thing that they could crawl on placed on top of a bush in front of the house, which was distinct AF but we didn't mention it until later and there was the haze of a flashing TV screen and someone screaming in one of the houses through the open door and this was all across the street from the old, ominous Catholic church. It was just the dark alley, the lady, the creepy church, the foreign houses, the supposed presence of children, and the soft, hazy lighting from the street light above that was such a shock that we felt like we weren't even in Denver anymore. Or, I hate to be this guy, but we aren't in 2020 anymore. Later that night, we got back to the van and Shane told me that woman actually terrified him and that he knew I was scared but had to act like everything was okay for me so I didn't lose my grip. He said it was just as unnatural as I felt and that he didn't think we saw a person. When he said that, I flipped out because that is exactly what I thought too. It was unsettling how we both felt the same thing at the same time and didn't realize it until later on when we discussed the situation. And on to the Venice story. So last night we were sleeping in the van by the dog park near the boardwalk, and Shane was staying up late doing some art stuff in the van. The way our van is set up is on the left side, we have a big, long window and then the driver's side window is uncovered. Shane heard someone's feet shuffling and dragging and was curious which tweaker was walking by, so he looked out the window to see someone passing by. This was about 2 am, and he saw a lady wearing a black beach hat resting on top of her head with really thin, balding hair, and you could see her scalp underneath. She turned her head to the side and tried to look through the big side window, and it felt like she was seeing through the window but not looking at anything in particular at the same time. Her eyes were really deep set and sunken in and it seemed like she hadn't slept in a while, but she seemed too cognizant to be high. Her skin was pale white and she seemed to be in her 70s or so. She was really frail and was dressed to go to the beach, which was strange because it was so late at night, dark, and chilly for Venice at night. It felt like she wanted people to think she was going to the beach. She was talking to herself, but it wasn't audible and was no human language he'd ever heard. It sounded like radio tuning or something. Like a strange frequency of radio tuning. She didn't notice him even though they were a few feet away from each other and she wasn't angry or anything like that. It just felt like she was trying to deceive him. The craziest part is that there is a plastic divider in between the two windows, and when she walked away from the big picture window, Shane could hear her footsteps, but she never passed by the front window. She didn't cross the street or go behind the van or anything. She walked straight and he never saw her pass the second window. I am so glad I wasn't awake for this thing because I would have lost it. As soon as I woke up in the middle of the night and he told me what happened, I instantly got chills. I don't know what to think about this at all, but I would love to hear y'all's theories. Thanks for reading. I should mention that I had never heard of skinwalkers before getting stationed in Colorado. When I did, I didn't know what to make of them and used to talk about them as a joke with my friends. The first experience I had, 
I took one of my buddies up to the San Isabel National Forest, which I've been through many times before in the day. We drove out there around 9 p.m. and rode some trails out to the heart of the forest looking for skinwalkers, but really I was just screwing with him and going for a trail ride. At the turnaround point, I got the cliché feeling of being watched but was driving with my backup camera on the whole time. The trail was a bit dusty, but I started to notice an almost man-like shape running behind the vehicle from a distance. I didn't say anything at first because I thought maybe it was just me, so I stopped for a minute and asked my friend if he saw anything in the camera and he described the same thing. We then rolled down the windows and listened for any movement outside. With nobody else in the 250 square miles forest, we simultaneously heard a little boy, maybe five or six yo, cry out help and our heads snapped towards each other and he said drive. We continue on the trail, seeing the thing in my camera stand as tall as the spare 35 inches tire on my lifted jeep while running on all fours. When we got to a fork in the trail that turns back the way we came, I decided to turn and head back because I was curious and wanted a definitive interaction. My buddy wasn't interested in providing that there was bad stuff in these woods, but I was driving. After a few minutes, he begins groaning loudly and covering his face, as if he is hurt. When I ask him what's wrong, I get hit with a sensation of absolute dread and sensory overload. When I was younger, I practiced black magic, and I can say with absolute certainty that it felt like a demonic presence. My eyes were tearing uncontrollably, and I could hardly breath or speak. At which point, I turned around on that trail and we left for good still with a clear humanoid shape tailing us out of the woods. He later told me he heard something make a noise outside his window that started like a low gurgling but rose to a loud scream, just like a howler monkey. I never heard anything, but the sensation was overbearing and physically crippling. After getting back on the road and stopping for gas, we found muddy hand prints on the rock guard's entire gate of my jeep. It was spotless before we left, and I'll include the pictures here. A few weeks later, I took some more friends out there, minus the one from the first trip, on what you could call an armed expedition. I was definitely disappointed in their tactical proficiency and weapon handling considering we were all soldiers, but these were the few willing to do this with me. There were five of us this time, and we were armed with two rifles, a 12 grams inside arms. After driving down the same trail and having a few odd experiences such as hearing movement in the dark, glowing red eyes, and some singing, we decided to dismount and walk a footpath. This is around October and early for snow, but of course, as we get out of the vehicle, it starts snowing, almost a whiteout. Maybe 50 meters down the trail, we heard the movement of something really big on our right side in the trees, and to me it sounded like it could only be a moose. One of the guys found a stick teepee off the trail, and we checked it out for a bit. There were some weird bundles of sticks tied to the tree branches, but we kept moving. The one guy in our group who wasn't convinced and thought these creatures were BS was trying to be Mr. Hardass and walked ahead of the group with just my 12 grams and no flashlight. When I hear that movement in the woods again, I call everyone into a circle in case we get charged by a bull moose. He starts yelling WTF is that? Give me some light and we shine a handheld spotlight in the direction he's holding his shotgun. He tells us to go back home and hurry, never lowering his weapon. I pretty much had to herd him and the group back to watch all our directions and a few times, situating ourselves for a fight as we heard noises and more movement of something tearing through the trees circling us from multiple directions. When we made it out of the woods and began mounting back up in the jeep, he told me that he saw this big pale skinny creature just sitting there ahead of us on the trail. He said it had some thin scraggly hair on its head and he thought it was a log till it turned its head and looked at him in the light. 
We heard a few faint screams from the woods before departing. After these two, I took a few more trips out there in similar armed groups, but aside from similar noises and others like the sound of chains jingling and some responses to our whistling, there were no other interactions. When I would whistle, the woods nearby would whistle back. I want to continue studying these creatures, though I'm back in Florida now. I'm hoping to find some here as I've read here on Reddit that there are encounters in Florida. If anyone has any insight or experience, please feel free to DM me and share. I've never posted a story like this, so I apologize if I'm not a good storyteller or something. This is just a recount from about 8 months ago.